0: Hey, good morning, everyone. Uh, Dave Weiner here, and it is, I always like to say the date, it's Wednesday, April 13th, 2016. Uh, I want to tell a little story. This is like, it's not about anything in particular right now. Um, but it's, I first noticed this when I was a Mac developer in the very early 90s, and uh, there was a pretty good developer community in the Mac, and Business was good in the early '90s. Um, Apple had had a, you know, really rough period right around the beginning of the Mac, uh, but by 1986, 87, 88, it was really it had really picked up. And um, the other main PC platform, um, which was PC DOS pre Windows, um, had pretty much run out of gas and. So, the Mac was uh, the number one developer platform, by far. I mean, um, there was very little happening in the PC platform. This is largely because um, PC had um, a memory limit of 640K, and um, I know from today's point of view that sounds ridiculous, but actually you could get quite a bit done in 640K. Uh, the problem was that people wanted to run more than one app at a time. And um, this was, and the machine, once you started slicing that memory up, it started becoming really small. And uh, and then people, there were products that were memory based, like spreadsheets. People used spreadsheets a lot. And, you know, as your spreadsheet got bigger, they started consuming huge amounts of memory. And so there were all these crazy, there was Let's just put it this way. Once they tried to expand the memory beyond 640K, things got really um, precarious, I think would be a good word for it. The machine became went from being simple to use to being really not all that simple. And the Mac had it all over the PC. Sometimes I think it wasn't the graphic user interface at all uh, that made the Mac uh, so strong as a product in the late 80s. Uh, I think it was that it didn't have that 640K limit. There really was no effective upper bound on how much memory you could put on a Mac in those days. uh, Because, you know, I think the address space was already uh, 32-bit. I'm pretty sure it was 32-bit. If not, it was 16-bit. But it was still a lot. Memory was pretty expensive, you know, way expensive relative to what it is today. So, um, So, the Mac was booming. And it was good business, and um, and it was being used in all kinds of production applications for publishing. Publishing was sort of the big business for the Mac, although productivity was also big. People would use it for word processing, for uh, keeping a database of something, for spreadsheet work. I just mentioned that, um, and for communication. We were already, you know, had networks that were nowhere near as nice as what we have now, but we had them, and uh, you could use them for sending email um, and for attaching documents. It was basically what we used it for. Uh, there were already some limited sorts of social networks. Uh, uh, CompuServe, bulletin boards. All the things that we do today were in the beginning stages at that point. And so, um, as the Mac grew, then so did the company, and they hired more and more people, and um, it started becoming uh, well, actually, I think it was this way almost from the beginning, was that the developer, to a developer, success meant uh, connecting with Apple. And I have to say that I've it, there was a lot of truth to that. In the early part of the Macintosh, uh, in 84, 85, 86, 87, in that time frame, um, uh, my company got a lot of support from Apple, a lot of, and some of it was in the form of just money. And, uh, you know, co-promotion, and uh, we did hardware software swaps, and uh, lots and lots of deals. And um, and those deals were all, I thought, were really good. Um, they were really good. They were certainly good for us, and I think they were good for them, too. Because it turns out that software guys can sell hardware better than hardware guys can, and hardware guys can sell software, but and software guys, can. <laughs> it's you need you need each other, and um, um, you know by using more memory, we encourage people to buy bigger computers. And you no, know, I had no problem with that. Um, I liked people at Apple. So why not encourage people to buy bigger computers? I mean, it's not like we were using the memory and just wasting it. We were using it for features and. Uh, on the other hand, they wanted people to have things to use uh, on their Mac that didn't exist on other platforms because that gave them security. It gave them, um, you know, this is, and it's a big kind of lock in, by the way. It's, it's not that it's hard for people to switch, it's just that why the hell should they switch if they're happy with, the, with what they've got? That's, that's the, the nicest kind of business to have. It's like then you can say for sure that the people who use your products really are there because they liked your product. And that's a very good feeling for a guy who creates a product, is to know that they don't have to be here, but they're here because what they've got is the best that they could possibly have. It's also a really good culture to have in a company, is that the idea that, that by default we assume that our users are just really, really smart people. And uh, in the case of my company, Louis Videotext at the time, it was absolutely true users were really smart people. They had to be smart in order to understand why this software was so useful, you know. And uh, so anyway, so success was defined in terms of uh, connecting with the hardware vendor and getting those great co-marketing dollars. And it meant that there was almost no working um, at the same level. The developers didn't really work with each other. And um, and And then I didn't realize this (laughs) to say because the the second company was built on the premise that developers would work with each other. And that if we, you know, because I had seen was that there was specialization in software, um, that, you know, some people produced communication software, some people produced databases, some people wrote word processing, some people wrote page layout or draw programs, or paint programs, or animators, or uh, games, you know. Sure, I'm leaving a lot of things out. But it was especially true on the Macintosh at that time because because it also had the native ability to run more than one app at a time. And it had standardized user interface, which was very important for the growth of the platform. Um, It meant that you didn't have to relearn everything to use a different piece of software. And we're right back there again on the web to the pre-user interface standards, you know. Um, however, good designer will tune into what the popular apps are doing and try to take advantage of the fact that people are comfortable with that. I certainly do that. And I look at, you know, the products that I like to use and I try to make myself work like that because, you know, more comfortable. It just makes sense to do, you know, in that sense we were, we do work with each other, but Um, What I was hoping was we could build componentized software, and that's what I built my company around, this idea that um, I would write a great scripting engine that could talk to other apps. And um, that meant I had to provide software that they could put into their app uh, that would enable them to communicate with my uh, scripting environment, and we would move data back and forth. A database could print its reports through a word processor or through a page layout program. And if they... Liked Quark, they could use Quark. If they liked PageMaker, they could use PageMaker. Um, you know, it, the idea was is that um, maybe there wouldn't be standardized interfaces so much. Although Apple believed there should be, um, I didn't really think that was a good idea. I felt that uh, I wanted because locking it down early, uh, especially by people who don't understand the market, it's like that's not going to work. Um, and you know, the idea that 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 com- competitors could get together and agree on a, on, a, on a. competitors is difficult. I wasn't thinking so much that, you know, two-page layout programs would get together and agree on a scripting interface. And, in fact, it certainly did not happen. Quark um, and PageMaker had radically different approaches to the way they did scripting. And, you know, you could, put the, you could build the, uh, do the factoring on the other side you could very easily take the basic capabilities they have and refactor it and come up with a standardized interface on the scripting environment side. So didn't feel that there was a problem if, and I didn't think it was worth trying to force those people to work with each other, but in a very loosely coupled way, I felt that we didn't need Apple because the problem that was happening, of course, was that we made our deals with Apple and Apple was small and relatively, relatively small and entrepreneurial and hungry in trouble as a company desperate for success. The culture inside Apple in 1985, I would say, was was a really negative year at Apple because things were not going well. And so that's a wholly different environment from the Apple of the early 90s, which had grown enormously. And then they they didn't particularly understand why they had to have developers. I think that I would put it that way. I felt like a lot of the meetings I had with people at Apple were about, well, we don't really understand why we need developers. (laughs) And being a developer may have put me in an awkward position. It's like, well, why are you here? Um, I don't know, because I'm a developer. Well, why do we need developers? (laughs) So it wasn't a very good environment. It wasn't that idea of this hub-and-spoke thing. It wasn't going to work. And I can see that. Probably could see it better than most of my uh, colleagues in the software development world. Uh, Why? Because I had been there really early and had benefited from a fantastic relationship with Apple. And a lot of good, like I said before, a lot of good deals, a lot of win-wins, real successful. You know, good times, right? (laughs) And I knew that the Apple we were dealing with at that point was radically different. I don't think the other people really... They might not have understood it. Anyway, when push came to shove, nobody worked with each other. We were all trying to get our deals with Apple. Except me, I knew I couldn't get a deal with Apple because they really resented the hell out of my product. <laughs> but they were told by their bosses they had to work with us. And so it was only a matter of time before we left because they did not want to work with us. So, and And it's just you see it as a recurring theme over and over again, not just in technology, in everything. It's, and it has a name, you know, it's The Prisoner's Dilemma. And, um, you know, it's the, the story, I don't remember exactly how the dilemma is, is the, that story is told, but it, it, basically the moral of the story is you have two people who would, on average, do better if they worked with each other, but there was an opportunity for one to win at the expense of the other, and they would always go that route, even though the, the probabilities were way in favor of cooperation, uh, the expected outcome was way in favor of people who cooperated. Uh, they would never cooperate. And um, and I just, you see it, you see it all the time. And uh, and sometimes it comes up in, uh, in discussions uh, where I would like to say to people, you know, it would really be worthwhile if instead of us all individually fighting to get to the top of the mountain, that we actually pooled our resources and, and tried to only take a part of the problem and do that really, really well and build stuff that works together. And this is always the challenge of development. It's been horribly frustrating. It really almost never happens. When it happens, it, you have to be the one who, who gives up something in order to make it happen, if you really want it to happen. Because almost nobody will do that. Nobody else will do that. So anyway, that's all. There's no 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 action item for anybody else. Just wanted to tell a few stories. So I hope you're all doing well. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.